The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. Today is November 3rd, 2022. Now, um, we got nobody waiting, so the line's 877-207-2276. All right, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, so, uh, last week, on uh, the 25th, Carm turned 27 years old on uh, October 25th. I forgot to mention it. Uh, just go, doing a lot, been busy. All right, no big deal. But uh, I didn't do radio on the 1st. And what I do when I talk about uh, something on the 1st of November, because it's an, an anniversary for me, a weird kind of an- anniversary. And this is what happened. I'd like to tell the story. You guys can listen to this because it's a true story. And uh, I want you to give me a call, 877-207-2276. So my friend Dave and I were uh, in high school. And on the November 1st, I think it was like 1974, 75, I can't remember exactly. And we are uh, walking our bikes up a an overpass over the 91 freeway in uh, Southern California, Orange County. We're going to high school. And um, he's in front of me. And right as we come up to the crest of the hill, this van, this blue van uh, comes up, hits its brakes right in front of us, and we're walking on the sidewalk area, this guy gets up, gets out of the van, and starts screaming at us that we almost killed him. We have no idea what this guy is talking about, and he is, uh, he's screaming, you almost killed me, I'm going to get you, I'm going to kill you guys, I'm going to, we have no clue. And uh, so he, my friend was in front, and this guy grabbed my friend by the shirt and started threatening him and me. And uh, he says, I'm going to have you know, and he's, you know, I'm terrified. So I get on my bike and I turn around to go down the hill a little bit to get uh, safe from him so I can stop a car because this guy was bigger than both of us put together. And then I realized, well, I just left my friends. I hit the brakes. I look back and um, my friend is running across the street and this guy's in the van after me. So... I just stood on the pedals, and I went down the bottom of this hill, and I curved to the right. I mean, I leaned into this this turn into a trailer park, a very small trailer park, only, you know, 15 trailers kind of a thing. And uh, I was going, and he, I could hear the, the gravel on the tires right behind me as this guy is is moving and I'm dodging to the left and I can hear this tire swerving into the gravel he's coming at me, he's accelerating I mean it's life and death here at this point and I realize that uh, the bike isn't going to help me much longer because of where I was at the terrain so I jumped off of it and ran in between some, uh, some things which means he couldn't follow me and uh, I turn around and he's slamming uh, the door shut as he's running after me. Uh, he's topped his van. So I'm on foot now, and I'm just bolting as fast as I possibly can go. And this guy is after me. He's fast. Uh, and 
you know, I'm fast too at the time, and we're running, and I, he's chasing me. I'm going back and forth, dodging him, changing directions, uh, because he was faster than me, but I was lighter, so I could change directions and gain some uh, distance. I kept doing this for like uh, a minute, and he's screaming, he's going to get me. And he, I don't know what's going cool. he was on drugs or what, it didn't make, I don't know. And he came so close to getting me that my tennis shoe was ripped. Uh, next to my right tennis shoe on my left side was torn where his foot his foot hit my uh, shoe and it ripped as I was running and I realized I wasn't going to be able to last much longer didn't know if he could either but uh, I needed help and it wasn't any help there where I was but uh, I decided to run across the street where my friend had gone and I ran across a boulevard and then uh, there's a bunch of cars over there so I saw it was like 7.15, 7.30 in the morning and I saw a bunch of cars in this restaurant area so I figured there's people there so I dodged traffic on a major boulevard busy boulevard this guy's on my tail I get in to the parking area and I put a car between him and me a parked car and he is looking at me and he's you know trying to get around the car he says he's going to get me and I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. And uh, so I'm just bolting between cars, keeping the cars between him, and forcing myself to breathe deeply so I can oxygenate myself as quickly as possible for whatever's going to happen. And I noticed my friend is standing with a guy who's got a knife in his hand. This is all true. He's got a knife in his hand, and he's got a white uh, smock on. It looks like he's a, a cook at this restaurant, and he's got a big knife. And... So I'm going to get over there. And I try and bolt to get over to them for safety. And uh, I couldn't because this guy kept getting in my way and I had to go a different direction. It turns out later that the the chef guy, the cook guy, didn't speak English very well. And my friend conveyed to him that he was in trouble. And the the guy thought that I was a bad guy. (laughs) So that I was after my friend Dave. It's a good thing I didn't get over there. So anyway, I am running. This all came out in the police report and stuff later. A lot of cops showed up later afterwards. And so uh, I'm, I'm running, and I see an open door, just and it's black inside. I don't know what this place is. And uh, it's a couple of doors down, and it's open. I just decide to run in there. There's got to be people because I saw cars next to the entrance. There's got to be people in there. i got to get help. And I just run in to this, uh, this through this door into the darkness. And instantly my eyes adjusted it was the weirdest thing i could see very quickly and i i ran down towards the end and it was a bar i'm 17 at the time it was a bar you know where people are drinking at 7 15 7 30 in the morning they're already drinking and uh there's only, there's a bartender and there's two guys sitting at a bar and i run and i realize there's no exit and i'm in trouble and i i hit the wall at the far end and I'm you know just completely out of breath and I turn back I look and I see this guy coming up on in the silhouette of the door as he's stopped he knows he's, he's got me and he starts walking towards me because he sees me and there's this big guy next to me just sitting there drinking and I said this guy's trying to kill me I didn't do anything I don't know what's going on I said help help and I collapsed because I was exhausted this guy comes at me right and right before he gets to me this big man stood up and got between us and he said he said there'll be no fighting in here get out and the guy weighed his options with his this guy was huge 
and uh, weighed his options with a huge guy, and he took off. He goes, I'm going to get you. So he took off, and he didn't want to mess with that, that huge guy. Well, the guy went back to drinking. He didn't talk to me. Nobody talked to me, anything. I just stayed in this bar. I'm underage. I'm st- I stayed in this bar for 20 minutes. My friend Dave had called the cops, and the cops were there looking for me. And the van was gone, and my bike was all bent up because he had damaged it on purpose. He'd come back and damage it. They thought I would I had been kidnapped. So they had an APB out for a blue van, and uh, with you know it, it was all over. You know it, it was really a big deal, and so and so uh, I'm in this place for 20 minutes. The cops think I'm gone. I don't know why they didn't look around at other doors, but uh, at any rate, so they went and they checked and did all this stuff and went over to where the other area was, looked around. I come walking out of the door finally for 20 minutes, and my friend Dave goes, there he is. And so the cops come over and, are you mad? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where were you? I says, I was in there. You know, it was a bar. I figured they figured I wouldn't go into a bar. I don't know, whatever. And uh, and so we got taken out of the police station, did a report, the whole bit, right? It was a big deal. It was a big deal. And so um, uh, this happened on November 1st, man. It was, oh, man. And so we go to the police station, complete report. We talk about everything. And, and our parents are, are there, and or my mom is, I think, because my dad was working. And we went back home, had to recover. I don't, I don't know if we went to school that day. We were basically terrified. And so, um, all right, so that's it. Two weeks later, I'm with my uh, my mom I had orthodontia and we drove to Loma Linda and uh, and back and, and we get home and, and my friend Dave calls me up he goes they caught him they caught the guy and I said no way just yeah he was in a, in his van cruising up and down the high school after after school looking for us I said no way so I had to go down to the police station and the cops said he's one of the your your, your fellow students I said no way and he goes, here's the annual, and uh, I want you to look through the annual. So I did. Now, this guy had blonde hair and blue eyes, drove a blue van. That's, I remember that about him. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I looked at the, the, uh, the annual, and I said, I don't see him. And the cop said, look, one more time, you got to look. If you don't recognize him in here, then we're going to have to let him go. And I because he's apprehended, uh, they arrested him. And I said, um... I said, I'll look again. And I looked, and I examined every single you know, person that would, fit, that would match. And I said, I'm sorry, he's not here. And uh, the guy goes, okay, we got to let him go. He says, that, that just blows the whole witness. And I, I said, well, who is he? Which guy? And he points to this guy. And I said, no, that guy's a friend of mine. He's, he, uh, he's my trigonometry class. I help him out. He says, are you covering for him? I said, no, I'm not covering for him. I said, if he was guilty, I'd point him out. I'd recognize him. And I said, that's the so-and-so. I said, but I can guarantee you it's not him, and because uh, he had a blue van and looked, you know, met the uh, the match. And my friend turned him in because he, it met. But I said, no, I know him. I said, I'm not, I'm not uh, covered for this guy. You know, he's a friend of mine, but it's not him. He said, it's not him. I, I'm, I would swear to it under oath. It is not him. I recognize him, and that's not the guy. And he says, okay. And so that was the end of it. We never found out who it was. We never found out the why. We never found anything. But uh, that happened on November 1st. I think it was like 1974. So I remember that. And I like telling the story every now and then. Some people like to hear the stories. All right, let's get to Melissa from North Carolina. 
Welcome, Melissa. You are on the air. Hi, Matt. Well, that's quite a story. That is very exciting. <laughs> it was exciting, um, and, so and it was traumatizing. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I can imagine. I can imagine. That's right. Um, so I do have a question. Um, mm-hmm. I have um, basically the um, question is, the scripture, train up a child in the way he should go and shall not depart. I'm currently driving, so I can't pull up the actual quote right. of the scripture. Proverbs, yes. But um, mm-hmm. I do have a wayward son, and of course, we all stand on that. And we were having a conversation at work, um, you know, fellow Christians, and uh, he was saying, no, because uh, I was saying, well, I'm standing and I'm, you know, I'm claiming that promise from God and you know, and, and other scriptures too. And he says, "Oh no, no, no! That's that's not a covenantal promise from God. That's from the uh, proverb where it's, um, you know, right. wisdom. And these are the principles. And so, I've really never heard that before. But I, I grew up, you know, knowing that every scripture is given by you know inspiration of God, and if it's in the Word and, and you know the canon, I guess you could call it." Uh, that's what I stand on. So I'm I'm really torn as to um, what is really the truth with that statement. Well, that's a good question, and uh, it's in Proverbs twenty two six. And I have two way, wayward daughters, and so uh, and I trained them. My wife and I trained them in the ways of the Lord. Like us too. Yeah. There's a break. Okay. So hold on. Hold on. There's a break. Yeah. We'll get back to it. and We'll talk about it. Sorry about that. Hey, we have three open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on the air with Melissa from North Carolina. Are you still there? I am, yes. Okay. All right. So what this is about in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Now, literally, the Hebrew says... Um, uh, according to his way and it seems to imply the issue of the manner of life he's going to live according to his abilities train up a child in the way he should go in the manner of the life he's to have and even when he's old he won't depart from it that seems to be what it's talking about because the literal Hebrew is a, literally according to his way and so that's one point that's important to understand and number two is proverbs are wisdom statements they're not absolute truth statements all the time they are recommendations they are statements that we are to follow so what you and I have done is trained up our child in the way of the Lord now was that literally consistent with according to their ability and their knowledge and their characteristics because I can tell you, uh, one of my children, from a very early age, very clearly, was, let's just say, a little stubborn, recalcitrant, difficult. Very, 
he had to really work a lot, okay? And so yeah. she, she is, it has always been a very independent uh, individual. We trained, my wife and I trained her. And she's homeschooled, and, and she's very wayward. Yeah, we homeschooled as well. Yeah, we homeschooled from preschool all the way to graduation. So Good. kind of similar. Yeah. And so what my wife and I have done is to trust the Lord, and we continue to trust the Lord. And so is this a statement about that they will be followers of God? That's not what it says. Okay. Train up a child in the way that he should go or the way that is according to him. And the literal Hebrew is according to his way. Train up the child according to what he is and how he is. And he won't uh, depart from it. So according to his abilities, uh, uh, strengths and weaknesses. That, that's really what's going on there. Okay. Okay. Um, so, with that, because like I said before, like I was always came from a church that was kind of name it, claim it, and, and really diving into the Word and learning all these details of things. So, how do I, as a mom, or how do you, as a dad, you know, um, deal with that? I mean, of course, I know we pray and we say the you know, blood of Jesus and just believe God and, you know, that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit would woo him and, you know, all of that. But how do, I guess you just have to trust the Lord, right? You know, and just trust that he is in control and, you know, just kind of rest in that. You know, because it's a shock yes. to me, you know, it's kind of, it's new. <laughs> so... Um, how do you yes. deal with it? Oh, we, my wife and I deal with it prayerfully and patiently. And um, yeah. two of my daughters, two of our daughters, we have three daughters, two of them are wayward. One of them was over last night and uh, spent the night yeah. and, you know, I brought her cookies and stuff like that. Um, and she knows we love her yeah. and, uh, you know, we, we just pray for her. That's all we can do. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it, you know, because he is in control, yeah. and they make their own decisions. Just because you train them in the Lord doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be, that they're going to be Christians. They have to have their own faith. They can't be uh, under the faith of mom and dad. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that is super helpful. I, you know, I thank you um, for your time, and sure. uh, thank you for your show. I, I really, on my way home, I listen all the time, and um, you're just such an encouragement, and, uh, and I appreciate your ministry. I really do. Thank you. Well, praise God, and uh, and thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. We do. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. You, you too, Melissa. God bless. All right. Four open lines if you want to give me a call. 877 Let's get to Alberto from Georgia. Hey, welcome back, man. How are you doing? Yeah, good afternoon, Matt Slick. I got a question. I noticed that sometimes some preachers, they try to teach this teaching about, since we don't know God what it looks like, they try to adapt that God's like, it's not a he, but it's more of a general neutral. So is that correct? Into the Greek, original Greek, identifies God as a he, as a male? Uh, biology is where male and female come into play uh, in a biological sense. Before the universe existed, uh, God, of course, is neither male nor female. But he refers to himself in his self-revelation as a he. 
he chose a gender. I believe it's because one of the genders would be the one uh, that would be crucified on the cross. And he made Adam first, and Adam is the federal head, and federal headship is where the male represents the descendants. In my opinion, Adam's federal headship is due to the fact of the federal headship of Christ, in that he represented his people, just as Adam represented his people. And First Corinthians 15.22 uh, talks about that. So I see God covenantally uh, sending the Son and becoming one of the genders, and it's male, and God refers to himself as the Father, uh, not as the Mother, but as the Father. Jesus refers to him as the Father, and that's how it is. So we should refer to God in the masculine, uh, even though we know that biologically he, you know, the, God the Father doesn't have that, but Jesus does, and he is in the uh, right now in a human male body, uh, glorified, resurrected body, but it's male nonetheless. So preachers who would say that God is gender neutral and then try and refer to God, if they ever dare do this, as the he-she God or the mother God are, are in heresy and uh, are, are in really bad shape, theologically. So we're so the same thing like saying you never find nowhere in the Old Testament any female angels that always appear as a male figure. Uh, there's a yes and a no to that. I'm trying to remember that. Uh, female angels, there's actually something about the female, uh, an angelic realm, there's a female reference in context. It's been a long time since I've uh, remembered it. But you know what was odd? I thought about that last week. You know, That's right, where is that? And uh, let's see if I can find it. Right. Let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I think, try to find it. I think, um, I think I remember. Let's see. And uh, let's see, this is it. I think I remember an article on it. Okay, so this is out of Je uh, Zechariah. And it says, Then the angel who was speaking with me went out and said to me, Lift up your eyes, see what's going forth. I said, What is it? Uh, the, it goes on, he says, He said, uh, This is wickedness. He drew her down. He threw her down, the woman sitting inside the ephah. He threw her down into the middle of the ephah and cast a dead weight on its opening. Then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and there were two women who were coming out with me with the wind in their wings. They had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up an ephah between the earth and the heavens. I said to the angel who was speaking to me, where have they taken that? So some think that, that those are female angels, but they're not. It's just a vision that is being spoken of while he's mm -hmm. talking to an angel. Uh, Where's Zechariah? Where at? What chapter? Zechariah 5 uh, 9. Check it out. I'll be right back. Hey, folks, four open lines 877 We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, buddy, welcome back to the show. Bottom of the hour, four open lines, 877-207-2276. Alberto, are you still there? Hello? Hello? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, we were saying with what Zechariah chapter and verse, what was it? Five. Zechariah 5, chapter. verse 9. So some have alluded to the vision being two angels, but it's uh, it, it's just a it's a it's kind of a vision thing. That's all it is. It's not okay. a uh, okay. 
He said, lift up your eyes, right. the angel said, and see what's going forth. And uh, so he had a, a vision of some sort. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right, man. Well, God bless. Keep it a good word. <laughs> I'm trying. All right. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Hey, folks, we have uh, wide open lines. Why don't you give me a call, 877-207-2276. I want to let you know that we stay on the air by your support. Would you be so kind as to consider supporting us? All you have to do is go to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. In fact, I'm doing that right now just to make sure everything is kosher. And on the left-hand side is the menu. And if you go to the top of the menu, you may have to expand it depending on what view you have. And if you're on your phone, just expand it. And you'll see the red Donate button. And uh, you can just click on that. And we ask $5 a month on a monthly monthly donation, if you could be so kind to consider that. Because what we want to do is get a 1,000 people doing that, and that will uh, push us over the hump to be able to take care of our bills. We've always been able to make them, but because of the way the economy is going and the way things have been, people have uh, uh, you know reduced their, their donations. And we are feeling that. And just letting you know, it's not that big a deal. I'm just informing you. And... Uh, if God wants it to, you know, the radio show to stop or other things to stop, we will, and that'll be His will. But not, you know, it's okay. So uh, uh, there you go. Just karm.org forward slash donate would help. And by the way, so next week uh, is voting uh, day, and on the eighth. And so uh, there are issues we could talk about uh, related to that. You need to get out and vote. You need to get out and. Uh, whatever you got to do, get out or get a ballot, whatever it is. But you need to vote. And as a Christian, you need to vote for somebody who doesn't satisfy a personal need that you want. But you need to vote for someone who is going to be as godly as possible. It's very important. See, our culture is woke. And wokeness is being aware of of uh, ageism, social justice, white privilege, uh, prejudices, varying things. You've got to be woke, awakened. You have to be woke to all of these things of which you're guilty of. Now, usually the white people are the ones who are most guilty for some apparent reason, according to wokeism. And it has been used as a weapon of the left to undermine biblical precepts. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that... Uh, that we need to be racist, and that's okay, or uh, one race privilege over another. I'm not, you know, not advocating any of that. The issue here is that we need to look to God for our battle, and we need to look to the Lord as our standard of righteousness. Wokeness isn't it. For example, racism, to judge someone as being inferior based on the color of their skin, uh, is a sin, because that shows partiality. And that is something that is rejected in Scripture in Romans 2.11 and in uh, James 2.2-4. Two, two through four. It's just it's sin. I don't call it racism. I call it sin. And you need to repent of sin. And there are other things, uh, you know, uh, the white privilege stuff, prejudices, uh, ageism, oh, or ableism. Uh, ableism, you know, I've heard people say, look, you're just more able than a person in a wheelchair. You're you're an ableist. You hold to ableism. What? It's like that guy Fetterman, who has had a stroke 
And if you say, well, wait a minute, how is he affected? Oh, you're just an ableist. You hold to ableism. He, he's not as able as you, so therefore you, you need to stop because you're woke. You're not woke. You have to understand. I'm like, well, no, no, no. I'm just asking questions. If he's had a stroke, how does it affect his cognitive abilities? What are the medical records? What's the information? Let's find out, you know? And so that what the left does, it, it uses this kind of stuff to undermine biblical principles and take your eyes off of God. That's just one thing. Now, here's another thing. You've got to realize that the church is at war. The Christian church is at war with the world. Now, when I say war, I don't mean uh, you know guns and knives and grenades and stuff like that. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so... Um, in my opinion, when I watch Biden and Pelosi and Schumer and others uh, speak, and then they invoke God, they invoke the Lord Jesus, and they continue to support abortion, and they continue to support homosexuality and all this stuff and socialism, uh, this is just evidence of the deception of the left and, and and not all people are on that left are deceitful. I'm just saying the deception that the enemy uses in order to uh, get his way by using his servants in high places to war against the gospel and the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers and spiritual forces and things like that. And in the Bible, there are mentions, it mentions about angels being assigned to varying geographical areas. And uh, there are demonic forces that work in geographical areas and upon individuals. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, Biden is possessed or Pelosi is whatever. I'm just saying that there's a spiritual battle going on. We all need to be aware of it. And they are under spiritual attack because of the great influence that they can have. And they are influenced in this country for uh, for evil and it just is it's evil they're influencing the, the country for evil this is all the more reason we as christians need to be voting we need to be voting and when we have moral evil in control uh, mainly in the people who are leftists who um, don't have any moral standard in, in god's word then we have moral chaos in our nation and it is getting bad. In Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Now, that's an important statement. You see, you got to understand that the people who uh, are in the school boards and saying that... Uh, trans need to be in the different bathrooms that uh, uh, transsexuals need to and, and was it the the uh, when they dress women's you know, man dress women's what's it called transvestitism uh, and other things that they need to be uh, teaching your children and that your children in, need to be involved with this uh, this is evil and then if you disagree you're the one who's judged as being evil so they switch for what is good for evil and evil for good 
they are clever in their own sight in their own estimation in their own wisdom but they're not clever in the mind of God they are in sin now there's a phrase in the Bible in Deuteronomy 12 8 you shall not do uh, all that you're doing here today every man was doing whatever was right in his own eyes in Judges 17 6 in those days there was no king of Israel every man did what was right in his own eyes uh, Proverbs 21 2 every man's way is right in his own eyes but the Lord weighs the hearts what I'm saying here is that when people start doing what's right in their own eyes it leads to moral chaos moral chaos leads to economic downfall it's just how it works because if people are going to be doing whatever's right in their own eyes they're going to be beating people pushing them in front of trains they're going to be robbing stealing then we have the leftists who say no bail for the people who um, have committed bad crimes hey they can get out right away they go out and do more crimes they are the ones instigating and helping the wicked do more uh, evil uh, this is what's going on in our nation. It's moral chaos because the people in charge are doing what's right in their own eyes. They're not submitting to God. We as Christians submit to God. So what we need to do is to be informed about what's happening around us, and we need to vote. And you should not, as a Christian, be voting for anybody who be supporting homosexuality and abortion. You should not do that. It's, it's against God. If you use the God-given power and right that you have to vote for someone who's ungodly and wars against the things of God, then you're contributing to the downfall of the country. Something to think about, something to accept and to realize. And we have to understand that there is something Jesus also said in Matthew 16, 3. He said, there will be a storm in the sky, and you'll see the sky is red and threatening. And you know how to discern the appearance of the sky but you can't discern the signs of the times. So Jesus is saying, you can look around you and you can see, hey, a storm's coming. Like there's one coming here in Idaho pretty quickly tomorrow. I can see in the sky it's coming. How much more should we be able to discern as times and know what's coming? And if nobody calls, I'll talk about that after the break. Hey, folks, we'll be right back. Five open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show, the last segment of the hour. Just want to remind you that tomorrow I'll be doing a, uh, a guest appearance thing on um, ABN Sat TV, and I'll be discussing a lot of what just was just discussing, the necessity of voting, what the Christian's responsibility is, and things like that. And so Luke Wayne is on uh, schedule to do the show tomorrow, but he just had a new baby, so you know how that can go. Uh, he and his wife, uh, you know, congratulations, Luke, with a new one, Elizabeth. She's awesome. I saw pictures. She's cute, and what a blessing. And so he uh, will is scheduled to uh, do the show tomorrow, but if he doesn't, well, you know, family life and things happen with it especially with a new baby all right so uh also i just want to remind you we stay on the air by your support please consider supporting us just go to carm c-a-r-m dot o-r-g the right uh, uh excuse me let me see this again carm.org forward slash donate we got rid of the paypal thing uh because paypal had threatened to um how to say this, threatened $2,500 fine, up to $2,500 fine for people who are in ministries and groups and organizations that would promote what they call disinformation. This is just uh, part of the leftist uh, plan of control of uh, 
of speech, uh, the indoctrination that is going on. And this is, like I said, it is part of the uh, what Jesus was saying. There will be a storm today. You can say this. In the morning you'll recognize this. For the sky is red and threatening. Do you not know how to discern the appearance uh, of, the, of the sky? But you can do that, but you can't discern the signs of the times. What are the signs of the times that we're in right now? If you look around you, and or you watch the news, uh, you'll find you will see that there's an increase, an increase, excuse me, of evil. Um, no, it was twenty five hundred, not twenty five thousand. Bill, that's what I heard. You can check it out if you want. So there's gender confusion. Now, gender confusion ultimately is an attack on the created order of God, uh, male and female. Then there's the rise of racism, and racism is being used by the left in order to cause division. When division is rampant, uh, small groups of people in strategic locations can then take power. This is one of the reasons that racism is promoted by the left, to set people against each other. Uh, there's the prominence of abortion. These are the signs of the times, okay? Abortion is killing of the unborn. And women who just so repeatedly, so common uh, common now, it's my body, me, me, me. And this is selfishness. It's not the true nature of love, which is other-centered. Um, the power of the LGBTQ um, uh, alphabet uh, group, uh, The they have an un- unhealthy, of course, and disproportional level of power in society. And we Christians are a, a large percentage of the, the uh, population in, in America, yet we're powerless. We're the ones who get uh, persecuted, get uh, lawsuits thrown at us uh, for not making a cake for a homosexual couple, uh, you know, things like that. They are in power. This is a sign of the times. Our schools are indoctrination camps. I've talked to a lot of people about this. And I remember back when one of my daughters uh, was in a, a high school, because what we homeschooled them up to a certain level, and then they went for the last year or two in high school. And I found out that they were teaching values clarification. And I went and I met with the principal. Values clarification is the the practice of telling your, your the children in school, forget all the morals that you've been taught by your parents, your church, and everything. Make up your own morals. We'll clarify what is the right way to do things. This is for real. This is no joke. You should ask your kids whether they're being taught anything like uh, morality or they do thought experiments where um, there's a boat that sinks and there's a lifeboat. And the lifeboat can hold 10 people, but there's 15 people in the water. And they, if 10 of them get in, uh, who do you let in? And what's your value? Do you let an old person in? Do you let a, a black person in? Do you let a white person in? Do you let a crippled person in? Do you let, let them in? And then they want you, the children to evaluate worth for real. I found out about this kind of thing, and I went to the principal, and I was aware of the procedures and tactics that they have been taught in order to uh, make uh, parents like me uh, feel, oh, it's not that big a deal. And so I was expecting it, and I walked in with my wife, and he said, well, you know, it's just an option, and sometimes you know kids don't have to be in if they don't want it. We don't really get that too deep into it. It's not that big a deal. And I, I just listened to him, and I said, "Yeah, I know that. I know that's what you're going to tell me." And you see, can you understand something? I, I'm a researcher and a writer. And another thing is, I have a radio show, and I had a radio show here in the valley, at Idaho, uh, Boise Valley. And I said, "And I know your first name." And I said, "This is how it's going to work." 
I said, my daughter will not be involved in this idiocy of values clarification and you will let her out of the class and if you don't I'm going to mention your specific name over the radio in this school of what's going on and what's going on in the classroom and he just he was shocked and he said okay, okay whatever you want whatever you want I said what I want is her not to be in the class and uh, to hear this crap and he said okay she'll be excused she can go to the library I said okay and I said and yet you're gonna have other kids do this well I was mad you got to fight back, folks. You got to fight back. You got to fight back. Our politicians tie the hands of the police. This is another thing of the signs of the times, isn't it? You know, I was watching something this morning while I was grabbing a bite to eat, and uh, uh, this man had beaten a uh, his wife, and they showed a video. It was horrendous, and he was uh, arrested and let out on cashless bail, and he killed her. This is the kind of thing that happens when politicians get power and they're liberal and don't have the mind of God. Judges let the wicked out and more violence ensues. In fact, the, wit the wicked now are more emboldened because they know, hey, we'll just get in, uh, we'll just go to jail for a little bit and get out on a, on a cashless mail. Or, as what is it? In, uh, I think it was in uh, California. You can steal in a store up to nine hundred ninety dollars or something like that, as long as it's not a thousand. And if you steal up to that much, it's just a misdemeanor, and they'll just get it, get you, they'll let you out right away. And so what that does is it says to the to the ungodly wicked, "Hey, we can go steal as long as you don't steal that much. It'll be okay." So every day they'll go in and do the same thing. And this is uh, the signs of the times: wickedness is on the rise. Now, what do we do as Christians? We've got to understand something. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. What we need to do as Christians is pray for the salvation of the people who are committing these atrocities. We need to pray for the judges and the politicians that God would save them. And then he would enlighten them. And if he does not choose to do that, then I would say we need to pray imprecatorily. An imprecation is a prayer. It's in the Bible. There's lots of them. God, deal with them. Destroy them. Wipe them out in their ungodliness. May it be done according to their own sin. So this is not something uh, taught uh, from the pulpit very often, but it is part of the Christian message that we pray primarily for their salvation and then we pray if God chooses not to save them but that God deal with them and stop them from committing more wickedness whatever way God ordains it doesn't mean we go out and lynch them it doesn't mean that it means that we pray for God's hand to be upon them and he has a variety of ways of dealing with people we need to realize that we have that ability and that right to pray and to seek righteousness don't think that as Christians we're just supposed to so-called turn the other cheek and sit down and do nothing. That's not the case. If someone strikes me, I will step back and weigh the situation. If they come at me, depending on my circumstance, I'll either defend myself or I won't. If someone strikes my wife, well, I'm going to be on them like a monkey on a cupcake. 
all 220 pounds of my six-foot-tall martial arts trained frame is going to go all over that person the best I can. And I'm going to stop it. We are to stand up for righteousness. I don't want violence, and I don't advocate it. But we need to be ready. And we are to, it's okay to pray that God, in his righteousness, deal with people. And it's, it's okay. We're not to sit around and just take it all and just be weak and uh, and do nothing. Now, if you choose to do that, that's your business. But Jesus did say in Luke twenty-two thirty-six to the disciples, he's going to send them out in the world, his 12 disciples. And he says, do you have a sword? And he says, no, we have two cloaks. And he says, sell a cloak and buy a sword. He didn't say each one of you get one. He says, just just you know, do that. And they said, okay, here we are. And he goes, good, that's enough. He's not advocating violence, but he had a, has, is advocating the right of self-defense. We have the right of self-defense. And so we have the right to defend ourselves against the ungodly, and we can do it in prayer. God, deal with them according to their unrighteousness. You have to understand that the righteous will be persecuted, and that we Christians are going to be persecuted more and more. Don't put your hope in the preacher of rapture. I hope it's true. But just don't put your hope in it, because if it's not true, then what? Where's your faith? In that God won't let you suffer? Won't let you go through persecution? And what happens if you do? Oh, then God's not true to you. You have to understand, Christians have been persecuted throughout the centuries. They have been murdered. They have been torn asunder by wild animals, drawn and quartered, boiled alive, put on stakes. All kinds of stuff has happened. You can read the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs, one of the most published books in history, Fox's Book of Martyrs, and it documents all kinds of things. Just because we're in America, and we're Christians in America, don't think that we're going to escape. I hope we do, but you need to be aware, and you need to be vigilant, because you need to discern the times. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 16, 3. Be aware and discern them. We have a plan. Our plan is to pray and to vote and have Christians get involved in politics. Christians get involved in the news. Christians get involved in the media. Don't sit around and do nothing. Don't just turn the other cheek and think that's all you're supposed to do because we're supposed to do nothing. That's the easy way out. That's not what Jesus said to the disciples. Hey, just sit around. Don't worry. What I'll do is I'll bring people to you when it's convenient for you to tell them about, about me occasionally. No. He said, pick up your cross and go after me. And then, because the disciples stayed in, in Israel, I believe that God ordained the diaspora, that Israel would be attacked by the Romans, which would force the Christians to get out of the Mediterranean area, to flee for safety. And by doing that, they then brought the gospel to the Mediterranean area. Now, it happened in 70 AD. You see, God wants us to get out there. He wants us to be active. He wants us to be involved. Jesus went into the world, and he says, follow after me. Paul went to mission work. Peter did too. Now, that's not to say we're all supposed to do all of those things, but we, as Christians, are to be involved in the world. You need to learn how to give answers to people. That's one of the things that I do is I teach people how to give answers and what those answers can be. You always need to check what I say against the Word of God. As I would like to say, don't trust a guy named Slick on the radio. You check out what he says against the Word of God. 
So that's what you have to understand. And I'm going to leave you with this before we're done. God will never leave us alone. He's with us. And if you're seeking Him to do His will in society as well as your home, you'd be surprised what we can do as people. Amen and amen. God bless, everybody. Uh, I won't be on tomorrow. Uh, Luke will be filling in. And please consider supporting us. Go to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate. We ask $5 a month. And hopefully, uh, you'll help us out. Thanks. God bless, everybody. See you next week. Another program powered by the Truth Network.